0: Anger Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk.
1: Thank you, Bishop Michael. Just before you come to uh, speak to us, let's turn to God's Word, Psalm 97, as we continue this theme, which will take us into our uh, morning Bible readings in the morning. Psalm 97, there should be uh, perhaps it on the screen or a Bible in front of you. The Lord reigns. Psalm 97, and we'll read from verse 1. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world, the earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the people see his glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous. And joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. And this is the word of the Lord.
0: Well, first of all, may I say a huge thank you to Hamilton uh, Road Presbyterian Church and to Pastor Christoph for your hospitality and allowing me into this uh, pulpit. I feel a bit of an interloper, actually, in a sort of Baptist Presbyterian fest. And um, I, a bishop walking into the Presbyterian church, which I did earlier, and I thought, well, there might be a riot if people saw this. Uh, so I got in rather quickly. Um, I don't know what the result of my preaching will be, but we'll see. Uh, I know you're peaceful people. Well, I was, uh, I've been intrigued for some time since I learned what the overall theme uh, of Bangor Worldwide was this year, The Lord Reigns, Let the Earth Rejoice. And I thought, well, why, why have they chosen this um, title, this overall theme? I still, I'm not totally sure of, of the answer yet, but maybe Jonathan has given me a bit of a clue uh, why the sovereignty of God has to be affirmed at this time of difficulty for the world for our nation and for so many people and so many homes. Uh, This uh, psalm, by the way, Psalm 97, is uh, one of a clutch of psalms in the 90s. uh, uh, And um, uh, these psalms um, are sometimes called the royal psalms. Uh, They are about God's sovereignty, about uh, God being enthroned as Lord, And it is thought that there uh, was a festival that the ancient Israelites uh, had when they particularly affirmed the sovereignty of God uh, in terms of observing a festival, in terms of of worship. Um, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. And that is repeated over some of these psalms. Uh, God's sovereignty... But the sovereignty of the Lord uh, is of a particular kind, as the psalm immediately goes on to say, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. You see, the word that is used for righteousness uh, is a word that means an inward rightness, uh, something that has to do uh, with character. So it is the character of God, Seḏek. It is God's character to be righteous. The righteousness of God, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Well, we, as we say that, and we know what it means, but, of course, uh, in that context, with all the gods of the nations round about, this was a very unique thing to say, because the pagan gods, well, what was their character then? Uh, They were characterized by fickleness, uh, arbitrary acts, uh, doing whatever they liked uh, with humankind. They were characterized uh, not only by fickleness, uh, but by uh, cruelty and vengeance. They were uh, Uh, characterized by, well, I suppose a polite word might be flirtatiousness. It's actually much worse than that. So against that, the Bible is saying that the God of the Bible is a God whose sovereignty is founded not on any of these things, but on righteousness and justice. An amazing statement to make. And because uh, of this inward righteousness, this inward character of the rightness of God, that is why the earth can rejoice. Because you see, creation, as it was so often thought of in the pagan world, is not a mere plaything of the gods. It's not been made just for sport, for them. Creation has a solemn purpose. It has a serious destiny. It is headed somewhere. Well, of course, we know that because of our own wrongdoing, creation has been subjected to futility, as St. Paul says in Romans chapter 8. But even so, he goes on then to speak of the great deliverance that creation is awaiting along with us. That is why... The earth can rejoice because of God's character. And not only the earth, but the heavens also proclaim this rightness, you see. Um, All creatures of our God and King, we have just sung. The whole of creation tells us about this God who is righteous and who is just. Uh, Paul again in the first uh, chapter of the the letter to the Romans uh, points out that if only we would look, if only we weren't spiritually and intellectually blind, we would see what the heavens and the earth are actually saying about this being. As I was saying earlier to Jonathan, The Christian explanation remains the best explanation of why there is a world and why we are there in that world and what the purpose is of the world and of ourselves, by far. So often we find uh, that what is mere description of the world and its wonder is taken to be an explanation. But the explanation is here. It is the Lord, who is righteous in character and just, who is the explanation for this world and for our own existence. But then it goes on to speak of the peoples, all the peoples. All the peoples behold his glory. Yes. Their eyes have been dimmed, even blinded, perhaps. Yes, uh, their perceptions are distorted. But God has not abandoned human beings. He has not abandoned human society. Uh, There still remains, in spite of our rebellion and our obstructiveness and our willfulness, there still remains God's providential care for society. So when we uh, witness in the world, Jonathan was asking me about it, whether it's in Parliament or on the street, both very important, by the way, it is this continuing providential care of God for human society, for human persons, it is on this basis that we bear witness. Um, the structures, the fundamental structures of society have been preserved, you see. Uh, Whether that is the family, perhaps the most important unit of society, and that of course is why it is under such severe attack, or whether it is the local community. I'm always um, struck by how cohesive this community in Bangor seems, or whether it is a nation, All of these are part of God's providential purpose in upholding society and his purpose uh, to reveal himself more fully uh, to those willing to listen and to see. But then it is not just heaven and earth, it's not just human society in general, it narrows down. Zion hears and is glad. My translation says the daughters of Judah rejoice. I think the nearly infallible version says um, the villages of Judah. And it is true that villages and towns in Israel um, and in Judah were sometimes called the daughters of Judah. But it is about God choosing the particular to do his work. You see, Um, We've just heard how people are called to particular work. Particular people called to particular work in particular areas. We've heard from Kate just now about her calling uh, in the Spanish-speaking part of the world. And this is about God's choice of a people. Now, I've always been um, interested in why God called this people, a nomadic group of tribes wandering around in the deserts of the Middle East, despised by the great powers around them, uh, Assyria and Babylon and Egypt, uh, Persia later, uh, Greece and Rome, enslaved by them, oppressed by them. And God Called them and upheld them and preserved them, and the empires have all disappeared. But the people are still there. You see, this is the miracle of Israel. That is why Zion can hear and be glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice. God's election of an unlikely people for the fulfillment of his purposes in the world and among us. And then, of course, that narrows down even more, doesn't it, in the person, in the coming. We heard uh, just now from Christoph, I think, uh, who uh, who was, um, uh, or was it Jonathan, uh, saying how God's purposes are being fulfilled in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, in his work, Uh, in his dying, in his rising again, and the promise of his return. And so um, we find then that the psalm comes from this great vision uh, of God's purposes uh, in the world and among human beings um, to a more personal address, if you like. Uh, the Lord loves, my translation has it, the Lord loves those who hate evil. But actually, it could also be translated, those who love the Lord hate evil. And I think there is a duality here that might be worth thinking about. The Lord loves, in the Bible, that is always prior. Without God's love, there is no capacity in us to love properly. Every kind of love that we have without that is distorted and what St. Augustine of Hippo called perverse. It is God's love that makes it possible for us to love God and to love one another, even those who are most unlike us. You see, we talk about the unreached, uh, and the fact of the matter is that Uh, from our point of view, most of the unreached are people who are not like us at all. And what is it that gives us the capacity to love them? The Lord loves, and because of that we can love, and because of that we can turn away from what is not love, what is not really love at all. What is contrary to God's purposes for human living. But then, um, interestingly enough, what is said about God, about the Lord at the beginning of the psalm, is then said about the believer. You see, the succession of phrases, light. Dawns for the righteous, or is sown for the righteous. Joy for the upright in heart, the same thing. Rejoice in the Lord, O you who are righteous. Now, how did that happen? How did a creation gone wrong? How did human beings capable only of the perversity that we've turned love into, how did they become righteous, you see? That is the key, isn't it? That uh, this is the gospel, that God in providing Jesus the only righteous and just person who by his obedience um, has opened for us the gate of once again friendship with God, of being accepted by God on the basis of Christ's justice and righteousness, but then also gradually being made Christ-like. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin God made to be a sin offering for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. You see. Amazing that the very character of God, he is described as righteous. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne is then used for us, this possibility. And so, what can be said of those who are righteous and made just in this way? Light is sown for them. A strange metaphor, sowing light. We don't often speak of it like that, which is why some translations um, try to uh, say something like "light dawns for the righteous" or something like that. Uh, but it reminds me very strongly of the opening of St. John's Gospel, where it says, "The light that was from the beginning was coming into the world, so that that light may illumine human hearts and minds." You see. So once we are right with God our minds and hearts are illuminated. And then it speaks of joy. We've been singing about joy. Christophe has been uh, talking about joy. Joy for those who are upright in their hearts. Once again, this is not just doing the right things or saying the right things, but it is an inner or- orientation uh, towards the very source of our being. And that is what enables the Psalmist to say, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks for the remembrance of his name. I think in um, the um, NIV and the RSV, which I've got open, the translation is a little weak. Give thanks to his holy name, I've got. I think the NIV has something very similar, Uh, but I think it actually says something like, give thanks to the remembrance of his holy name. And this idea of remembering God's mighty acts in creation and redemption is central to the Bible. In, in the Older Testament, there used to be a sacrifice uh, called the memorial sacrifice. Um, and remembrance of God's mighty acts of creation and redemption, that's not just about what's happened in the past, but claiming those acts... Uh, Creation and redemption for ourselves today, uh, as those who have been made righteous in Christ, those who have been illuminated with the light of the eternal word, and those who have been given the joy of salvation. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the heavens proclaim his righteousness. Rejoice in the Lord. You're righteous. But I need to finish on a solemn note, I think, uh, and that is that there is also a dark side to this psalm. You will have spotted it, of course. Uh, This God who is righteous and just is also the one who judges. In fact, we could say righteousness and judgment are the foundation of his throne. Judgment in the Bible is so often what we do to ourselves. Uh, We make for our own judgment. And it is so here. So, what is fundamentally wrong is idolatry. See, idolatry is the root of all sin. This is also Paul's argument in the letter to the Romans. Um, to worship the creature instead of the creator. See, that is what idolatry is about. Uh, That may be another person. It may be self-worship. That's increasing in our world. It may be worship of an idea or an ideology, as with the Taliban in Afghanistan, or as with Marxism in China. It could be obsession uh, with a person or a thing or a place. Many forms that the devil can take in deceiving us. So idolatry is the root of oppression. God delivers his saints, it says, from the hand of the oppressor, of the wicked. But wickedness is an evil, the oppression of other people, the improper exercise of power over them. And then we are told that this God who has shown his graciousness in his creation and in his redemption is also the one where fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about, you see. So, by not living in the way that God has shown us, we can destroy ourselves. That is the, the dark side, the shadow side, but also true of the sun. And we need to take that Seriously, in our proclamation of the gospel, in sharing the good news with people to say that they must turn away from what can be very bad news for them, as I was telling this young man this morning, to what can be good news for them. The good news comes to life, becomes real, when people realize the bad news in which they are caught up. But let us finish with the good news. Uh, Let us pray that people will indeed see, as they come through this pandemic, that the Lord does reign, that the world is ordered towards a good end, that the earth does rejoice and will rejoice, and that the heavens will show us the truth of the Lord Who reigns. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org/slash/donate.